are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. turn to God's Word, uh, John chapter 12, and in the Discover Jesus series, in John, John wrote in John 20, uh, chapter 20, 30 and 31, he said that in believing in his name, the name of Jesus, that you would have life. Believing in his name, you would have life. So we've been on this journey in the book of John that began Easter Day discovering what Jesus is really like, what it means to be a follower of Jesus and the complete joy and utter abandonment that's there and how he changes and transforms our life. Today, uh, we, as we go to this chapter 12, the setting for this is just a few days uh, before Jesus enters Jerusalem, and then he goes into Jerusalem, he has the Passover meal, and then he's crucified on Calvary for your sins and for my sins. He paid the price because there's a great gulf between you and me that when we sin against a holy God, a loving God, but a holy God, it creates a barrier that nothing can pay except Jesus Christ loved us. And he made a way for you and for me to come back to God. Can someone say, thank you, Lord? Yeah, God is so incredibly good. And so, there's seven I am statements in the book of John. There are seven miracles in the book of John or signs. But then there's several. We discover more about Jesus by looking at and seeing what he did, what he experienced, and the accounts of those things around him. Today, the, the headliner in this is Jesus at the house of Simon the leper but Mary and Lazarus are there, and Martha, and Mary brings this alabaster box worth a hundred day, uh, 300 days' wages. That's a year's wages. So I, I don't know what you all make, but say, uh, say your st- minimum wage now is 11-something an hour, right? Say 12 bucks, so $470 a week times 52, you... We're up near 25 grand. That's at the low end of the pay scale. Some of you make 150, 250,000 a year. That was what was in this box. And she breaks it and pours the whole thing out a pint or a pound, a Roman pound, which is 12 ounces. And on the head of Jesus, on the clothes of Jesus, 
and on the feet of Jesus. And the people that were there, many of them recoiled and said, this shouldn't be, this is a waste. And so we're going to see what Jesus had to say about that. So let's read the scripture together. John chapter 12, we'll begin in verse number 1. Therefore, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And if I could just interject, there's two stories that are building in chapter 12. Two stories. One is that the Pharisees want to, they want to kill Jesus. And they also want to kill Lazarus. You can read about that in this chapter because so many people were coming and believing in Jesus because of his words and the works that Jesus did. When they saw Lazarus raised from the dead, great crowds assembled and even the Greeks came. They're worshipers of God, but they came up to the temple to worship during this particular festival, but the Greeks were only allowed into part of the temple called the Court of the Gentiles. Only Jewish people could go into what was reserved for them. When they brought them to Jesus, Jesus welcomed everyone. Can someone say praise God? And his death and resurrection on the cross, when he spread his arms out like this, his arms went around the whole World And so the Apostle Paul would write these saying, In Christ there's neither male nor female, there's neither Greek nor Gentile, but we're all one at the foot of the cross. Can someone say praise the Lord? Amen. Praise God is good. And so they made him a dinner there, and Martha was serving, and the Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took this pound uh, pure nard anointed the feet of Jesus. She wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, notice this, he said, The one who, pretended, who intended to betray him said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii, that's 300 days' wages, and the proceeds given to poor people? Now he said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he kept the money box, he used to steal from what was put into it. Therefore Jesus said, leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but do you, not, you do not always have me. The first thing that I want to share with you this morning poured out, poured out. Mary anoints Jesus' feet. In this chapter 12, there are three things that Jesus says. He talks about what it means to be his follower and that he was going to do that week. The first is poured out. The second is planted and then the third is following him. This account of Mary pouring out from the alabaster box, there's a question that we have that we see in each of these three things. There's two options. We can either choose 
to keep our treasure to ourselves and it remains in the box. Or we can pour it out and it will fill the house and it will go out into the world. In fact, in, in Mark chapter 14, Jesus said of this same account, he said, wherever the gospel is preached, it'll be told about Mary and the alabaster box. Now, how many know that? How many know Judas isn't talked about whenever the gospel's preached? But around the world, it's Mary for this dramatic thing that she did. She lets down her hair. It was unseemly. In that day, only a husband should see the hair of his wife. That was just the cultural values of the day. She was in this, at this dinner with the close disciples at the home of Simon the leper at, um, and then with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. There might have been 15, maybe 20 people. They're very close friends. But when she let down... How dare she? It was extravagant abandonment to the Lord. She hoped that her close circle of friends would understand, but they did not. And then Judas, who was the disciple and a thief, he hypocritically criticizes her and says this should have been given to the to the poor. We'll talk about that in just a little bit later on. But Jesus defended Mary and he said, he said, this was reserved to anoint my body for burial. I've asked Sherry Jones to come and sing uh, and minister this morning a powerful song, Alabaster Box. And Sherry, would you come? The Lord bless you as you come and bless the room grew still as she made her way to Jesus. She stumbles through the tears that made her blind. She felt such pain. Some spoke in anger, heard folks whisper, there's no place here for her kind. Still on she came through the shame that flushed her face until at last she knelt before his feet. And though she spoke no words, everything she felt was heard as she poured her love for the master from her box of alabaster and I've come to pour my praise on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair you weren't there the night he found me you did not feel what I felt 
when he wrapped his love all around me and you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box oh, oh, I can't forget the way life used to be I was a prisoner to the sin that had me bound and oh, I spent my days poured my life without measure into a little treasure box I thought I found oh, until the day when Jesus came to me and he healed my soul with a wonder of his touch so now i'm giving back to him all oh, the praises worthy of i've been forgiven and that's why i love him so much and i've come to pour my praise on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box Oh glory Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears And I dry them with my hair Oh my hair You When he wrapped his love all around me And you don't know the cost of the oil Whoa, You don't know the cost of my praise No, no, no You don't know the cost of the oil In my alabaster God bless you, Sherry, for sharing your heart and the ministry of song and music. What a wonderful, wonderful gift. Poured out, lavish, all in love, surrendered act of devotion, extravagance and waste are irrelevant in Christian devotion. Heaven rejects the idea of nicely calculated less or more because Jesus laid down his life for us. Christian devotion is an act of worship and obedience, not calculated cost. The fragrance filled the room 
and now the world? Does our devotion fill just the box or does it fill the house? I had the privilege of um, being at Gordon-Conwell Seminary for a day, and I was asked to be uh, to speak, teach on church planting. And the Anglicans, the Anglicans, the Anglicans and the Assemblies of God are the largest Protestant denomination in the world. We both run now between 70 and 80 million people. But the Anglicans are very, very strong in Africa, very strong in other, some other parts of the world. But I found that day, I, I didn't know this, that when they were ordained, they have a red stole that they wear as part of their vows, and it stands for the blood of the martyrs. And they answer the question, are you willing to be one of them? Poured out for the Master. I'm convinced that as we come out of COVID, as the church moves forward, that what this world needs is a real Jesus with a real church, with real people, with all-out devotion being poured out for the Master. Calculated Christianity no longer will suffice. As we pour ourselves out, that's how we are emptied so he can fill us up with himself. The priorities, when Judas spoke, it really had to do with priorities. It was just a deflection. How many have ever spoken with somebody and you know they're deflecting, they're giving you an excuse? But they know that you can't argue with that because it is true, but it's not the truth about the real situation. And she, he said, this 300 days wages should have been given to the poor. Bible says, but he was a thief and he used to pilfer. He wouldn't have given it to the poor because he was stealing it. You see, our excuses, even our Christian talk, can serve as an excuse, and people will say, Oh, that makes sense. But it doesn't speak the real, it really speaks the truth of our heart but we're hoping that people hear something different. I just want to say flat out today that serving Jesus Christ is a wonderful joy, but let's not calculate how we serve the Lord. Let's not give Him part of ourselves. Let's go back to our first love where we're all in, Nothing less. All in. 
When we calculate things, we can fool our wives. We can fool our husbands. We can fool our household, our teachers, the preacher. But we can't fool heaven. And he is the righteous judge with whom we will have to do. And I'm so glad today, I'm looking forward to standing before him. How about you? When I hear, well done, good and faithful servant, that pouring out our lives for him is not, is not a burden. When I fell in love with my dear wife that I'm still crazy about, I loved her so much I even washed and waxed the car. It wasn't a burden to me. I'd do anything, even vacuumed it. Now, how many years later? 47? 47 years later, I don't wash it quite as much. I don't vacuum it quite as much, but she still loves me. But it wasn't a burden. How many hear what I'm saying? That first love at church, this idea that we can sort of calculate it out or we can say, we can say about being faithful in the house of the Lord or serving, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to, and it might sound like a reasonable excuse, but God knows the deal. But when we pour ourselves out, we're loved back with abandon, praise God. I just, I have this sense that as Mary broke the seal to the alabaster box, that there today, today in this house, there are people that the Lord is speaking to for you to break the seal so you can pour out your devotion on the Lord. Maybe there's someone here that God is calling to full-time ministry. And you've sort of held back. You've held back. I want to encourage you, if that's God's call on your life, just to go for it 100%. I know what that is, to have a, a career and be pursuing it. But when God reaches down and touches our life and said, said to me, I want you in the ministry, it was with great joy, and I never looked back. There's something about this abandonment to the Lord that's so wonderful and so good. He speaks to us, renew our first love. The second thing that Jesus talked about this morning that's so important is to be planted. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. The one who loves his life loses it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. This dilemma is planted. We can either go it alone, or we can be fruitful. But you can't do it both ways. Either alone or fruitful. Now, anyone have any idea what these are? They're beans, hard beans. My wife and I love beans. She likes them more than I do. 
So because I'm crazy about her, this is a big pack of beans. How many know that? So we'll have, we'll plant them. And then this fall, we plant another crop. And that seems to be even better than the spring crop. But this, these crazy things, these are as hard as could be. If they stay in this package, that's all you got right there. But if you plant these crazy things, something happens. You put it in the ground, and there's a metamorphosis. There's a transformation. This hard, blackish-brown-looking bean, after about seven days or so, in contact with the soil and the moisture and the sunlight and the warmth, it pokes up this, little, this green, tender shoot, and on the end of it, this this old dark bean has turned green and it's split but that's where the growth happens and the next thing you know it keeps growing up growing up gets little beautiful flowers and every bean plant will grow maybe 75 or 100 string beans that's a lot of that's a lot of beans I could tell you but but I have here I have another pack this is the Italian herb garden, uh, thyme, oregano, parsley, and basil. This guy was packed six or seven years ago, and it stayed in the package. If I plant this, because I just planted some basil like a month ago, but it was old seed. Not the first one has come up. So I have to replant. Jesus said, if we love our life and say, no, I want to go it alone. I like what I'm pursuing. I'm leaving you out of the picture. He said, we will lose our life. It's interesting. I read this morning the book of Job. Um, I'm reading through the Bible this year. I read in the book of Job. Listen to this. Now, this is a little bit macabre I guess but it said the man who has confidence everything else in life and then the other person another person who lives in bitterness they both die and are buried now listen to this and the worms crawl in and out over top of them isn't that a spiritual thought now when we were kids how many remember the song the worms crawl in the worms crawl out they play pinochle about your snout how many remember that yeah all right here's the deal no matter how much we love our life and get all the things that we want, when it all comes to it, without Jesus Christ, there's nothing left. But with Him, if we allow Him to plant us, He says, you will be fruitful. And I want to, on the authority of God's Word, say this morning that your life can be fruitful. You don't have to be famous to be fruitful. In fact, there's very few that'll ever be famous. But you can be fruitful. Your life can make a significant difference in the lives of other people. You can know the joy of His touch and His springing up in your life. Today is Small Group Connect Sunday. And after service, uh, we have a number of groups that you we just want you to go over there to send on those tables take a look and you can get a ticket and get an ice cream I think that's a pretty good deal all right but only if you look you have to get the ticket first 
But one of the things that's interesting about plants, do you know that plants grow best when they're planted together? How many are aware of that? There's actual research on this. If you plant a seed by itself in a harsh environment, the likelihood of it thriving and being fruitful is very, very, very low. But if you plant it with other plants, and they research uh, actually corroborates this, in, among these plants that are a patch, the mature ones, they're known as nurse plants, and the little ones are called seedlings. And both of them benefit from each other. The seedlings benefit from the shade and from the protection that's there, and being one of many, the nurse plants benefit from the seedlings, and they actually produce more fruit, more flowers, more seeds than they would just by themselves. It's a terrific thing. Jesus said that we need each other. Be planted, and I want to encourage you to be part of a small group. You need somebody. I need somebody. Be part of a small group. We can be fruitful. Praise His name. The last thing I want to share with you this morning is this. Following or on your own. Following or on your own. Jesus said these words. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. We have another choice. We can be a follower of Jesus, or we can be on our own. He said, if you serve me, you must follow me, and the word, the original language literally means must follow. We must follow Jesus. When we serve Jesus, we can't serve unless we follow somebody. So in the first service, I mentioned this, uh, and maybe some of you have experienced this. How many have gone to a restaurant and you're there a half hour to 45 minutes, and your food still hasn't come. Just raise your hand if that's, you know what that, and what's that like? It's, you're just sitting there. You've taken, taken your order, and you're just sitting there. Now, if the wait staff had come and say, I'm so sorry, could we, uh, we just, I just want you to know where we are. But if that doesn't happen, you sit there, you become more and more frustrated, it's because that wait staff person has forgotten you. When we follow Jesus, that's how we serve him. We do it to please him. And so in the first service, I mentioned this, and one of the young guys came up to me, and uh, uh, he works at one of the local restaurants, and I was encouraging, encouraging parents, uh, teach your kids to really please the, whoever they work for. It makes all the difference in the world. It, that's their domain. Just please them. Be attentive to them. And he was all excited. He told me, he said, I'm supposed to work three days a week, but I'm working five days a week. You know why? He's a good employee. And his dad was there, and he said, yeah, we've really taught him to do that. It makes all the difference in the world. Now, 
when I was, uh, I was 18, um, and it was between my senior year of high school and my first year of college, I was working construction. And, you know, you're 18, and, and uh, you're, you know, just, you think you're going to be 18 for the rest of your life. How many have found out that's not quite so? Yes, yeah. But, so, my parents had taught me always please the boss. Be there early. Whatever they tell you to do, do it. You know, and you say, well, they might take advantage of me. Well, you can handle some of that. You, you'll be all right. If you, if you can't handle it after a while, it gets too bad. If it's sinful, then quit. You can go someplace else. And so... Um, it's that time, you're, I wanted to see how many, how many two-by-fours I could carry at once. And then we poured concrete, we framed houses. And I'll never forget, and we had Vietnam vets um, on, on our construction team, and they'd figured out if they did a bad job of the grunt work, they wouldn't have to do the grunt work anymore. I, I wasn't smart enough to figure that out. So I'd hump as many boards up as I could and run myself crazy, loved it. And it come to wheeling concrete and how this worked, they'd strike a chalk line around uh, the basement off the foundation, about four inches, and you'd pour concrete in there and then the boss and his uh, foreman, they would get that thing just right to the line, it had to be perfect. And so the Vietnam vets, what they figured out they take a big wheelbarrow full of concrete and they'd go wheel it up and they'd dump it, either slosh it way up on the wall or they'd dump it and it'd get down the boss's boots. And he'd get mad and say, get out of here, give me someone else that can do this job right. And so I really prided myself on getting a big wheelbarrow full and getting up there and just do it just right and twist it like that and it's go shoosh right up against the wall, not cover the line, and the boss is there if there's trowel and just and that was it. And he'd tell the rest of them, go, well, you just go pull nails. Just get out of here, you know. Well, what happened with this, what happened with this is that, um, come to find out, I love to fish. And I loved to hunt. And he had exclusive membership in the Pocono Mountains for trout streams and hunting grounds. And guess who he invited? It's the one that pleased him. Jesus said, if you follow me, he gave two great promises. He said, if you follow me, this is what happens. He said, where, you, where I am, you will be with me you will experience everything that I'm doing if you follow me and serve me. But the second thing he said was this, that the Father will honor you. Now I've heard all my life um, what Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. I've heard this, that in this life you will receive suffering, there will be trouble. I've heard about persecution. I've heard about a lot of things. And, and it was just, Lord, I love you. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, I'm going to follow you. This is the first time in my entire adult life, and I read through the Bible at least once a year, 
that I've ever noticed these words that Jesus said, if you serve me and follow me, my Father will honor you. Could someone say amen? Yes. I want to encourage you today, in this church, we have some modern day Marys that are pouring out their life. There's so many, as I look at you, this, I just see you and I know, know what you're doing. But uh, let me, for instance, Pastor Bobby, he mentioned that on the 26th, they're doing a remix outreach. It's up, I believe it's called Bradford Green and Habit of Grace. It's not where most people would choose to live. It's a pretty tough area. There's kids there that have never heard about Jesus Christ, let alone ever being in church. You may or may not know this, but just a few weeks ago, he and Pastor Josh were up there, and someone let, let a huge German shepherd loose on them and bit him. I won't tell you where it was. It's a little bit embarrassing, other than to say it was from behind, but bit him. They had to call the ambulance, and the cops showed up. I mean... You know what I'm saying. But he's up there so that kids can hear the gospel. So they're doing this remix outreach. And I said, Bobby, you know, that's not a great neighborhood. He said, I know. But he said, here's the deal, Pastor Paul. He said, it's shaped like a U. And he said, all the ones that the cops are after are in the back. He said, out front is where we are, and the ones out back, in the back, they're doing their deals, what they're not supposed to do. They have their lookouts up at the front, like the road is like a horseshoe, but they'll leave us alone if we just don't go in the back. But all the kids and the parents will come out front for this. It's going to be like a block party. I, I think it's absolutely terrific. Can someone say, praise God? That's, a, that's pouring ourselves out for the Lord. Yesterday I got, a, I got a, a, a call from Nancy Stapleton, who's an RN, and she works at um, one of the uh, local hospitals down towards Baltimore in their hospice unit. And she said, Pastor Paul, she said, can Pastor Josh come and pray? There's a, a man from Mexico, 41. He only has a couple days to live. He wants someone to pray for him in his own language. Now, the way it works here at Grace, uh, every staff person has a, an official day off. And then Saturday is sort of a loose, it's a work day, but it's loose, you know. You know what, how many know what that means? It's like if you, if you, have, if you have work, you, you do it. But if you don't have anything else that's going on, you're free to go, go to the ocean, go whatever. And I got this thing yesterday afternoon about, I don't know, 4 o'clock or whatever. And I said, let me, let me see if I can get in touch with Josh. And I did. And I said, Josh, this man, um, he really wants someone to pray. Can you go? And he said, I'll go. I'll go. So he texts me back later. Now listen to this. Saturday afternoon. Most people have plans on Saturday afternoon. I get this text. He said, we had this sweet moment with God. So I spoke with him this morning. I said, oh, Josh, were you able to do it over the phone? No, he said, I went down in person. And he said, I'm going back again today. That's pouring ourselves out. 
that, that's what fills the house. That goes out in the community. That fills the world. And so, when we pour ourselves out, the Lord pours himself into us. If we're planted with the Lord, he'll make you fruitful. If we follow him, we will go and be where he is, and the Lord will honor our lives. Praise his name. Josh, I'm going to ask you, you bring the team up, if you would. Thank you so much. Praise God. I really believe as the church, as we move forward, that the Lord is, is going to use grace in an unprecedented way. Um, you know, the world's getting ready to go all in this summer. I read an article um, just this past week, and they say the bars, the bars are getting ready for a big summer. And how they know this, listen, the lipstick sales are going up and so are condom sales. Now listen to this. I know it's Sunday morning, but they projected that, that people are getting ready. They're getting ready to get down and have fun. I'm, I'm just telling you, I think the church could do a whole lot better than that. How about you? Yes. He's got something for us. Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Alone or following? Planted or fruitful? In the box or poured out and filling the house? That's what the Lord has for us. Praise his name. Would you bow your head? I, I want to pray with you right now. And I'm going to have the prayer teams. If you'd come, we have two prayer teams that will meet right over here on my right. Heavenly Father, we love you. We bless your name. We thank you for the power of your word, Lord. We thank you that you poured out your life for us, and we love you for it. We thank you that we can be fruitful. Lord, we ask that our first love would just be absolutely rekindled for you. We thank you. We love you for it. Jesus.